Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. There's never been a moment where I felt older than basically this entire week when we've had a child graduate kindergarten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have watched, we now are able to watch a movie that I saw when I was yeah, yeah. nine. I grew up watching this movie. With my child. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And explain to them how the other two movies came out after she was born. Yes. Yeah. Cool. It's only going to get worse. I was thinking about that. What was I thinking about that with? There was something... I mean, I think about it all the time whenever we watch shows that we grew up watching with her. Like, she watches, like, Ninja Turtles or she watches Powerpuff Girls. And it just... It makes me feel so old, especially when there's things in there like actual landline telephones and like things oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. That like she's like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like the Mighty Ducks VHS movie, and it's like none of that makes any sense. Um, it is May twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. If you're new here, we are married. We have movies. We fuse those things together to create the show you're listening to right now. Married with movies. I don't know. <laughs> that was that was something, kid. Um, so as I just mentioned, it's been a week. Our daughter had her bridging ceremony for kindergarten, so she is officially a first grader, going to be a gifted first grader, we found out today. She's been accepted into the gifted program, so uh, all the... Yeah, she better... All she knows the, what's good for her. All the talk about how smart great and smart she is. She is it, the proof is in the pudding. Thank um, goodness. Yeah, which we knew. Never had a doubt. Yeah, didn't have a doubt, but yeah. I'm glad that other people have noticed it. And, you know, she's going to get the school schooling that, that will continue to enrich her. Exactly. Um, this past weekend we didn't do much except crush it at a garage sale. Sold a bunch Whoa. of stuff at a garage sale. Um, I can't remember last week if I mentioned that we were going to dive into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three a little bit. We did. Um, we said next. Yeah, I think it's, it's I, yeah. If I said that, I vaguely remember saying we would do it this week, but we would be doing it next week because we're going to watch that with my mom, who didn't know the difference between the ending of Infinity War and Endgame earlier today. Um, <laughs> I literally, was cooking dinner and was telling her the plans for the weekend. And she was like, oh, yeah, I meant to ask you, um, like, do they have the same ending? And I was like, no, they're completely different. 
And then she argued with you for five minutes. No, she didn't argue with me. No, she was just yeah, like, no, she's I think. Like, well, I stopped like, it and I had to go back because I had already she, is seen Black it. Is Black Panther in both movies? I'm like, well, you watched both movies. You tell me, Mom. All I'm going to say is, I told you so. I want to. I told you so. After the movie on Saturday. Give Jillian and my mommy ten question quiz about the movie they watch. Granted, Jillian's at an unfair advantage. She'll be the third time she's seen it. It'll but she's f- six. But she's six. But honestly, what I mean, stack the odds up. A six year old watching a PG thirteen superhero movie for the third time versus a seventy some odd year old woman watching it for the first time. Who is going to win? I put all my money on Jillian. I will never bet against Joe. Name this character. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, Tree Man. <laughs> that's uh, what does he say? That's a uh, Planet God. You know, that's a uh, Sodom. <laughs> uh, well, besides that, I want to get into uh, the movies because we have three to discuss today. So, of the many gimmicks we have on the show, one is our can't pick list. If you've been listening, if you haven't been listening for a while, uh, Samantha and I go back and forth and nominate movies that uh, we pick to watch. Pardon me. The movies that do not get picked go into a list and we cannot do them until they get drawn at random. Uh, and that list got pretty big. So now we draw a random movie off of that list. And we, drew, we needed another gimmick yeah. for the show. We drew Jumanji and it had been so long ago since we nominated Jumanji that... Uh, there are now two other movies in the Jumanji franchise because it is a franchise and we will get into it as we discuss them. So we watched Jumanji, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, and Jumanji The Next Level, all three with Jillian, uh, which we will uh, talk about her reaction to. Why are my feet so dirty? Gross. I think it's because I need to clean my room, my, my toy room. I think that's why. Because Jackie's been in the clean because I don't let her go in there. I don't want her messing up my stuff. Uh, so let's read the packages for all three movies, and then we'll break them down one by one uh, as quickly and succinctly as possible. So, Samantha, you get the distinction of being able uh, of having to read two of them today. Great. So, please read Jumanji. <clears throat> Jumanji. An exciting, thrilling adventure the whole family will love, says Barry Krutchnik, Premier Radio Network. I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement or not. I no I've never idea. heard of that. An adventure ride for the entire family. Edge of your seat excitement, says Jim Ferguson, preview channel. Oh, I can't really read this. This is poor oh, color bad. font choices Luckily here, drawing. right? Mm-hmm. When young Alan Parrish discovers a mysterious board game, he doesn't realize its unimaginable, po- unimaginable <laughs> powers until he is magically transported before the eyes of his friend Sarah into the untamed jungles of Jumanji. 26 years later, he is freed from the game's spell by two unsuspecting children. Alan, Robin Williams, reunites with Sarah, Bonnie Hunt, and together with Judy, Kirsten Dunst, and Peter, Bradley Pierce, tries to outwit the game's powerful forces in this imaginative adventure that combines breathtaking special effects with an enchanting mixture of comedy Magic and thrills. One. Poor. <laughs> it's very. Design. Uh, it's very poor. Design. It's very poor. It's like shadowed fonts, white on like a blue back. It's poorly designed. I will just say that. Yes. It is uh, poor I, I will give you that. 
Uh, oh, so we shouldn't count this point. Oh, no, 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 absolutely counts. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Outrageous fun, a blast, says Karen Han, slash film.com. Nonstop laughter, says Layla Muhammad, morning dose, and then the Probably of, news probably or something. Young. Four teenagers in detention discover an old video game console with a game they've never heard of. When they decide to play, they are immediately sucked into the jungle world of Jumanji. In the bodies of their avatars, Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillan. They have to compete mm. now. I'll tell you, they'll have to complete the adventure of their lives, filled with fun, thrills, and danger, or be stuck in the game forever. Got too cocky, and yeah. I just wasn't paying attention. That's one for me. Yeah, fuck you. It was uh, oh no, it was a morning dose K D A F T V. Okay, so that's another one for you. No, no, shut I'm up. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, and now Jumanji, right. the next level. Jumanji, the next level. An action-packed joyride for the whole family. I feel like I'm just saying the same quote over and over again. Mark S. Allen, ABC TV. Filled with outrageous laughs and loaded with heart, says Brandon Davis, comicbook.com. In Jumanji, the next level, the gang is back. Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillan. But the game has changed. As they return to Jumanji to rescue one of their own, they discover that nothing is as they expect. With more action and surprises, the players will have to brave parts unknown and unexplored, from the arid deserts to the snowy mountains in order to escape. That's another one. (laughs) Fuck this. All right, so you got two, I got one. So one per movie, uh, which makes the score. Can I get an update, please? Seven, three. Seven to three. We're playing what, 20? 25. 25. Okay, so we're going to wait. We have a lot of time A lot of time to to make up. I only have three. I mean, that's very good. Um, So obviously, we grew up with the first movies we already mentioned. I actually did not see the first one in theaters. This came out Christmas 95 or Christmas 96, I think. Let me look it up real quick. I don't remember the exact release date of the original Jumanji. Um, it came out in uh, December 95. Um, so I don't know why I didn't see this in theaters. This was kind of like right up my alley. Um, and just didn't just didn't see it. But it became, uh, once it came out on uh, home video, I was all over it. Mm-hmm. And uh, loved it as a kid. Never read the book. Just like I never really read... Um, any of Chris uh, Ellsberg's other stuff. Um, and it's one of those seminal movies as our age group has put onto a pedestal, and it's one of the few that holds up to me. Absolutely. I think this is one of my most rewatched movies just because of how much it's on. Like, it is. it used to be on... And I think it still is. We not only watch like live TV that much. All it's all the and all time. the time. And also, the fact that I was like reciting the lines to the movie. This is up there with like all the Disney movies that I know, like the back of my hand. Like it's just one of those. It is really is like a family friendly adventure humor. Like it just has everything in it, yep. and it is. That borderline of, like, because it, it's like a sci-fi fantasy movie. Absolutely, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like this enchanted board game, and it's kind of, but it's one that's like, when you're a kid it's watching a f- this, you're like, 
is a fantasy movie. It's You're a like, fantasy action. Oh movie. my gosh, I wish. I wish Jumanji was real. I would love to do it, you know, because so, it kind of harkens to, especially us growing up, like, kind of like those Legends of the Hidden Temple vibes. Like, oh, yeah. you know, all that kind of like adventure, but it's all make believe, but well, it's real. I definitely real. want to share, you know, the eyes of Jillian throughout this. I think she, if I, 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 I meant to ask her ahead of time which of the three she liked the most. Um, Wake her up. <laughs> But I feel like she, I feel like the first one would be up there because it has the kid element to it, where you have Judy and Peter experiencing the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a few years older, obviously, than Jillian is, being six and a half. But it's still that movie is more so for kids than the second and third are. The second and third one are you know they're PG thirteen. She was still fine watching them. There we had I no real think... concerns. Except a couple of moments in the second one about penis stuff, but. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think that they hit as hard. No, they don't hit as hard because with her. she didn't have a, a characters to like latch on and connect to yeah. like she did with the first one. The first one, uh, like she said since we've watched it, like, can we get Jumanji? Can we go and can we have Jumanji? And she means it as like, she wants fucking rhinos and monkeys like, like running and doing shit in the house. She thinks that shit's possible. And it's like, even if it was possible... Hell no. <laughs> I barely, you freak out when there's a bug in the house. Let alone, you know, killer plants and quicksand and everything. Um, the movie itself, when it came out, didn't, it did great box office, but it was kind of like meandering results. I don't think critics, this isn't like a critic movie. Um, the second and third one actually are, are both got pretty good responses. Um, and, and we'll, we'll get into them here in a little bit, but I was surprised to see that the reaction to the first one is kind of like, meh, on like a, like an, uh, an esteem level, but when you ask millennials, you know, this to me is right up there with any of the other ones, and probably in, in the upper echelon of movies that are just fun and good and funny, and also... Hold the fuck up. Like, there are moments in this movie, of course, where the, you know, 1995 CGI, it's not great. But there are other moments where I'm like, it it looks fucking it looks great. Really great for now, what it is. Now, for its time, and also, one of the better uses of practical effects mixed with I agree. CGI. I completely agree. And it gives it so much more of a charm than the second and the third one have. I'll just go ahead and tip my hand for the rest of the podcast. For my ratings, it's going to go down for each movie. It's not a significant downward trajectory, really, because I, spoiler, enjoyed all three movies. Same. But it's rose-colored glasses. Nothing's going to top the first one. I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, Now, that said, if I am putting, you know, critical eyes on it, I do have a lot wrong with the first movie um, beyond, you know, when you kind of dig into it from a performance aspect and a story aspect. But if you're just looking at it in a whole, um, I give Joe Johnson, the director, a ton of credit. He's the the mind behind the Strong with Kids, the Rocketeer. He did the first Captain America. Quietly one of my favorite directors just because he does an amazing job creating this world of wonderment and this, like, earnest, heartfelt world that he comes from while 
placating kids and adults at the same time. And, and it's this world of wonderment, but it's rooted in such reality. He does such a good job of making that the reality, and you don't even realize that yeah. you're in this like fictional world or this fictional world has come come to our world yeah. kind of thing. Like in the first one, like it's like, yeah, that legit sure. Sure, absolutely. That that stampede through the through the thing, squishing the cars and stuff, mm-hmm. absolutely could happen. Yeah. I and the the biggest thing I think I have from watching all three movies, and the first one nails it home and the second two sputter a teeny tiny bit with it but still I appreciate it is the movies don't get lost in the sauce and it's one of the rare times I appreciate there's no lore there's no background it's just this is a game that can suck you into it and can come out into the real world and fuck you up I don't need to know the backstory I don't need to know the history I don't need to know how it chooses stuff I no. don't I, I, it, it doesn't it get does, into time travel it doesn't get into anything it does it's such just, a great it is and you appreciate and, it, and you understand it, and you can just go. And it does such a great job of, like, giving you the rules in a way that you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm for it. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. It doesn't you convolute. Roll, right. And then, and, and yeah, it, it doesn't make it overly complex. And it, so it's simple, it's easy to understand, and you buy into it right away. And just like you said, you don't need to know the lore and they do go into it a bit with like when Van Pelt comes out and is hunting you know Sarah asks Alan well what what did what did you do like he's like I just rolled the dice like yeah. he hunts like there's no rhyme or reason he hunts and just, I'm the one he wants to hunt yeah, like but he's a bad that's guy it. And it's, yeah. that, that's it it's not Alan did something mm-hmm. Alan cussed out his mom or you know like it, it, it doesn't yeah. and I appreciate the second and third one's you know, you're actually into the world, and it's under the guise of the video game, obviously, instead of a board game. And, you know, there's these big elaborate stories, but how or why it is able to basically transform itself into a different thing, yeah. and how the game evolves, and how it makes like, if you were to get into that, normally, I feel like, in this case, is I'm like, well, oh. give us something. But... When it's aimed for children the way that and they for adults, handle it. they handle it by not handling it. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I it can just turn my brain off and I can just context. enjoy this stuff. It makes, it total, makes sense. total sense in this context. Because if you were to... like the ooze. Ooze. Like with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What? Okay, sure. That's more so talking about your weird hula ooze you just did, but... Oh, no, it's like the ooze is from the trailer. They go, ooh. Oh, the most recent trailer. The most recent Got trailer. It. For Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem coming out on uh, August 2nd. Yes. Free plug. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pay me! Uh, yeah, so all of that makes me appreciate the movie so much more. On top of just, you know, a crew of people getting together... Playing a game that could kill them, and, Man, and everything just having happens. Having a like, lot of fun, and once you get into the four principal characters doing it, because right when they start playing the four of them, that's when Van Pelt gets involved. It's just off to the races. The third act is just absolute balls to the wall, fucking bonkers, um, and it's great. I will say, it, I don't know if it's the first time I've noticed it. Watching it this time. 
first 15 minutes of the movie suck. <laughs> I hate everything about the movie until he gets sucked into the game. I feel like that... I don't hate everything about the movie until he gets sucked into the game, but I feel like that's a common... That... That's a common feeling with this movie because I think, like you said, like this movie is not about that. That just establishes what this movie is actually about, which is the 26 years later, which is Peter and Judy right, but and I, everything. But like I that. look at the other two movies, uh, this is, and I wrote this down before we watched the other two movies, how good those are at establishing, you know, those characters and what they need to go through in the game and stuff. And the first 15 minutes of this movie are just badly acted, badly paced, yeah. badly plotted. Sure. And it's just really, it's, really kind of annoying to get through. But I think it's completely different because had you just started, like let's say you cut the first 15 minutes off and you just started, like we said, like you don't really need a lot to like disengage and like get into this movie, but had you not had that beginning part and all of a sudden you just had oh, Peter and Judy doing it and then Alan came out, there would be no there there would be no sympathy or there would be no like MacGuffin of the film with okay. him trying to nope. find his parents totally and running around the house and everything. So I I think that, that it while it may not have been the best part, it's necessary to continue the plot moving forward in the Throughout yeah. the movie, which is exactly what a MacGuffin is, so you can suck my dick. No, it's that's it's so long. Am uh, I wrong? I'm What's not... a MacGuffin? A plot device that moves. That's it... unnecessary. This is not Jumanji. Isn't necessary. No, In... but I'm saying like the beginning of Alan Parrish. I, I want to talk about my thing, so I'm just going to ignore what you're saying. Um, you know I'm right. No, because you you're just talking nonsense. Uh, I have no problem with the actual like device of what they're doing to establish the later on in the movie. What I have a problem with is number one, the first kid that says, May God have mercy on their souls. Fuck that guy. He can't be the LVP because it's one line that guy sucks. Um but just everything about it to like heighten the drama and the tension, like all the family stuff to me is is ham fisted. Um how much they're trying to put over the fact that Alan is this like loser and getting beat up and his dad's not attentive. Also, fucking, let me get this straight. So in 1969, right, David Allen Greer invented the, the fucking, the basketball shoe, but it doesn't matter because he gets fired for messing up one machine on accident. It's just, it's just, fuck the fuck off. It's, it's, I, I don't like anything about the, the, the movie until Alan gets sucked into the game and you see what the game can do. And then you get into you know, the modern-day Julian Peter stuff, and it's very exposition-heavy, having to do a lot of the grunt work as to the passage of time and what's happened and why they're there and the parents and this, that, and the other. But they're good, sweet kids, and you get a good sense of, of where you're going. Yeah, and, also and it, then... Also, it's good at, at the theming of, you know, being weak and being forced to survive is, you know, between Alan himself uh you know basically becoming his father because he has to because he has to survive these elements for 26 years right mm -hmm. and these essentially orphans 
you know, trying to make good after their their parents have tragically yeah. passed. And then you got it's just really strong in the most. Then you got mosquitoes. Elements. Then you got monkeys. You got you monkeys got and shotguns. Mosquitoes, monkeys, lions. Oh my! Then swerve. He had rolled a five. Here comes Alan to save them from the lion. What will it take you to get you to never say the word swerve on this podcast ever again? Oh, baby, you don't. You just can't tell afford me. it. Don't, you can't tell afford me. it. You know how much money I have. <laughs> I know how much money of mine you have. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, what, what uh-huh. can I do to to? You don't stop, want a serious answer. worn me down. Okay. To just shut the fuck up about swerves. <laughs> Sell every toy that you own. No, okay. no, it's mean. So necessary. I'm gonna go, and you you're not gonna go through to anything because it's obnoxious. You telling me to never say the word swerve again and not do this obviously amazing gimmick is. Hey, so I have a couple obnoxious. big questions. Three big questions. Number one, uh, why are they selling "Look Who's Talking" in that triple X at old video store? As <laughs> I noticed for the first time in my life. Why not? Yeah, I guess. Uh, who the fuck is that guy living in the shoe factory? He's got like a whole setup. He's got a fireplace. He's got a dog. Fucking homeless. He's got books. He's homeless, dude. You can't just do that. Homeless people can do it. Oh, there has to be There's somebody. There's nobody who city, owns it. But you or... mean to tell me that guy has enough of a setup and nobody has any oversight for that guy to live up there? Look, Carl was driving up and down the road chasing some fucking monkeys. They don't give a fuck. Flying Well, it's just on this day. That's not a regular day occurrence. On other days, Carl should be doing like, hey, I've noticed power being used in this building. No. He don't give a fuck. I get the town is run down because of basically parish going out of business, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. But also, think about... So what happened? That guy's fucking dead. (laughs) The world uh, has turned on its head. That guy doesn't have a place to live. So, oh, fuck, I just dropped my pen down the couch. That's what you get. Um, What's your third question? Can you imagine using a toilet for the first time in 26 years? There's that moment when Alan like comes back and he's like, oh, no more banana leaves. And like, can you imagine? Chris. That'd be great. Chris. What? If there was ever a time that you didn't use a toilet, I would be shocked. I'd be in prison. I'd be shocked. <laughs> is that the reason we don't go camping? No, I hate the outdoors is the reason we don't go camping. But... Also, oh, I because you cu- couldn't use a toilet. Oh, I'd bring like a like a bedpan or something. That's disgusting. Look, no, I don't even like using fucking a porta potty. Um, You're so weird. And well, I don't want to. I don't want to walk in a thing where there's piss and shit everywhere. It's gross. You use a men's bathroom on a regular. Basis. You can flush it. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, once the whole crew gets together, it's it's gravy. The stampede is always baller. The chaos of the um, the Sir Save a Lot and Peter trying to cheat and turn and David Alger in the car, like it's it it's all it's all just so much it, fun. It, it just constantly builds and it gets, but not in a. It it doesn't I think overdo it at no, all. No, it, it escalates it at the right escalates pace. Escalates at the right pace, and it has like elements of the game that escalate, and then also like you said, like Peter trying to cheat and like turning into a monkey, like all that kind of stuff. Um, it just continues building, and it just it's just done so well. Um, another uh, another couple questions and nitpicks here. Um, 
Peter's plan in Sir Save a Lot takes way too long. And that motherfucker sets up like. He's fast. Waits. A monkey's not that fast. He's still getting used to like his new monkey limbs and everything. That's not a thing. <laughs> That's, That's like, not a thing. As soon as I said it, I realized that wasn't, all right? And he's still himself. I guess. Um, something I wish they touched on in the second and third movie that I like that the first movie does is the game basically like manifesting your fears. So the very conscious choice to have Van Pelt the Hunter played by the same actor that plays his dad. It's the Peter Pan. Is role. yeah, is the the father darling and uh Hook. Captain Hook being yeah. played by the same person. It's so well done. So well done. And I wish they had more time because the movie's pretty, I mean, it's a solid, you know, 90, 100-minute yeah. kids movie. I wish they had, the one thing I wish there was more of a backstory and some, some fluff around is kind of those two. Yeah. Because you said it before, like, oh, it's just, he's a hunter, and that's the game, and it is what it is. But that's it what is he's meant the, to do. the, the deepest but, fear. Yeah, but having, having a moment of recognition of that. Yeah. Well, w- one of my favorite lines in the movie is, does touch on that. It's, you know, 26 years buried in the deepest, darkest jungle and I still became my father. Yeah. And it's like, that was his fear. Like, that's one of the reasons young Alan Parrish didn't want to go, he didn't want to go to the boarding school. He mm-hmm. kind of, you know, uh, kind of rebelled against everything that, you know, his dad was or stood for. Um, and so I think that was a huge a huge point in in the yeah. movie but yes it, it was like is one line here you know one line there kind of we noticed it but i i doubt jillian noticed it was the same guy kind of thing you know hmm. i'd be interested to ask her yeah. yeah i don't i don't think she would have but it it holds deeper meanings he talks the same he doesn't put a certain voice or anything on yeah, he's but just it's, a little louder. He's a little louder, but then it's also it's like the hat, the mustache. Yeah. Like it's a very different kind of look. Um, so, but but yeah, I agree. Like it's like that fear. He had that fear of his father, fear of becoming his father, um, twofold. There. Yeah. Shout out to this movie for uh, highlighting what's wrong with uh, guns all the way back in 1996 that, or 1995 that you can just plunk a bunch of gold bullion down and. Uh, Sure, we can skip all these. Yep, exactly. Fuck guns. Um, Um, I want to talk about the end of the movie as well. Okay. uh, Because it's fascinating to me. So when they get back to 19... They win the game, they get back to 1969, and everything's, you know... Going back to 1969, how brief it is with the two kids and his dad coming back is better than the first 15 minutes. Yes, I Um, agree. Much better, in fact. Um, But... Then you get like this kind of epilogue of, well, first of all, just the concept of the game resets, mm-hmm. and they're all the way back in 1969 is interesting to me, particularly about how they take it in the second movie, where the passage of time continues. But it kind of opens up like this almost alternate universe yeah, like where, it, it, yeah, where when you when it's reset, that person's been able to like live out their life and it like you know doesn't basically negate the existence of the people that haven't been born yet. Um, but when you see them in the modern time and you see how different it is that 
you know, oh, well, his dad's still alive, and he works, he basically runs the company now, and they're married, and she's pregnant. But they've also, essentially, tracked these children down to make sure they are a part of their lives. <laughs> is kind of wild when, like, you stop and think about it. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of weird. It's but... weird. It's done for good reasons, because, as the, 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 the really weird joke of the other movie is, they're basically doing it to ensure that their parents don't die and take this vacation that ended their life. Yes. Like, yes. Then, I think it, it's sweet, it's sentimental, yes. it it's all means well. Now? Yeah. Post 9-11, post all this crazy shit that happens, it's weird as fuck. <laughs> I don't know why post 9-11 is a caveat, but okay. I don't know. It's just, you know, people say. I get what you mean. It's. Pre 9 11 was a lot looser, a lot less. The sensibilities of the implications of what it is. Yes. Let's put it that way. Exactly, exactly. It's like everything is scrutinized a little bit closer since 9 11, I think is more so what I meant. Um, But yeah, like. They basically live their entire lives knowing. It's kind of like the, uh, the, not the butterfly flick, like the hot time time machine thing of like, you know, everything's going to happen. So obviously he took Carl's idea and. Or, really, it's all down to Sarah. Because she's the one. He was stuck in a game. He doesn't know any better. She's like, look, we got this. We got to call Michael Jordan. We got to do this. We got to do that. And then they're in this big fucking mansion. And then, like, oh, yeah, and these kids are born now. Let's, uh, let's, you know, get into their lives. Because we enjoyed playing this game with them for a few hours. Yeah. Uh, I also want to mention, I've mentioned this before. One thing I had plentiful of during this time frame, is particularly for movies I wasn't able to see in theaters for a reason, was the, the junior novelization. So I had the Jumanji junior novelization, and I want to now get it, because I vividly remember in the book, um, when Judy and Peter, at the end of the movie, come and they, they give them presents, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see what the presents are. In the book, it reveals what the presents are. What are the presents? Their shoes, their sneakers. And they're called Jumanjis. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Is it? <laughs> I think it's a little lame. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but I, I'm glad. I, no I th- one else knows what Jumanji I is. I think it's lame because I can visualize the scene. I'm like, oh, that'd be really bad. I can see that happening and just be weird. But I think in book form, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, it's. I found that interesting. I wanted. To, I was curious if it was a. Um, are there deleted scenes? There's not. It's just a commentary. And that awful virtual board game we had to play. Oh, man. There's like a man. virtual Jumanji you have to, like, you can play on the DVD. And it's just shitty nature trivia questions. Um, and it's like impossible to win. You keep getting like caught by the hunter and going back. We had to stop playing it because it was Jillian's bedtime. It was so, way past Jillian's bedtime. Right. Uh, before we get into performances in the first one, is there any particular uh, things you did or did not like about the yeah, movie you haven't tackled? Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about... Well, I guess it kind of ties to performances, so... Um, yeah, so we can... Uh, we Nothing else really um, outside of performances. Okay. Um, I did really think that the ending was really well done. Um, from when... Uh, Alan gets the game, like it's the very end, he picks up the dice, he's gonna roll it, he only needs a six. Um, Van Pelt got him. No, he, he, he rolled a three. Or whatever he needs. Yeah. Whatever he needed. And he 
you know, says, drop the dice. And he dropped them, and they were in his hand, and it, then it's like that slow motion falling down and down and down. and then oh, you the cut, tumble. The and, tumble, yeah. and then you cut back to Van Pelt and Alan having a conversation about how scared Alan is, and, you know, he's done running, you know. My father has told me to face what I'm afraid of. And then, any last words is, Jumanji. 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 And then... And I like the slow burn of the romance between the two is that, you know, how traumatized she was and he kind of holds, you know, a bit of contempt for her. Not contempt, but like resentment that she didn't stay in play and yeah. try to get him out. And, you know, they naturally, you know, rekindle something, but it's hard for him because he, he still doesn't know how to talk to a girl because essentially is still this this boy that just happened yeah. to live in the jungle and she's this damaged person and they eventually, you know, she is willing to jump around of a bullet for him at the end of the movie, you know, to show how she's grown and, and changed her way. So, yeah, it's... The end of the movie is very well done. And also, essentially, you figure in the real world, like, Judy's gonna die. Like, she got shot in the neck with a poison... Dart. Dart plant Flower thing. dart, yeah. Um, or what's... Oh, yeah, I was gonna say... But by those spiders... As a kid, fucking terrified me. Now they're hokey as hell. Now yeah, they're like, no. why was I scared of this? Because they were giant ass spiders. Yeah. Real creepy like. Yeah, the monkeys obviously always terrified me, especially after they saw the flying monkeys in the TV and then they started jumping. Oh, they're like, eh, eh. I want to do that. Yeah, because you know the flying monkeys terrified me as a child. Sure. Because I watched The Wizard of Oz. Like, too much. Way too much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, aside from performances... Um, I did really love, I really liked that ending and how they kind of tied the bow on cleaning up that board game. Absolutely. So pre-epilogue, I guess. Got it. Um, I really liked that. All right, MVP and LVP, where do you want to start? Uh, MVP, I think, might be easier. I mean, Although I there's a, a lot of candidates. I mean, I have a list. I have a list. But. <laughs> I think that. There's a character that's underrated. You're going to say it's Carl? Carl. I mean... He's underrated. He has such great line delivery. He's got such great reactions. David Allen Greer is fantastic in this movie. He is so good, especially... He's so funny. The Vine takes the car. Vine, take it! Yeah, just every reaction. Dag. He's like, oh, I always want to do this. Kicks the door and then the water comes. Dag always delivers. He's, he's great. He's great. But that could have been that could have been any comedian at that time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess, but the choice of Rob thing. Williams is an interesting one cuz I'm not sure how they came about it. Like it this this role doesn't really check a lot of his boxes at the time like He's not, not really, inherently comedic. He's not cracking a lot of jokes. And when yeah. he does, like, there's a couple moments where he cracks a couple, like, Robin Williams-esque jokes. Like, um, uh, like, Clampett's had a garage sale and, like, the, the clue joke and stuff. It feels, like, a little odd and forced. But, I mean, it's Robin Williams. He's so charismatic. Yeah. He's such a great actor. I, it's so hard to see anybody else in that role. And as soon as he's in there... He does have this wild-eyed, crazed, been in the jungle 26 years, but I'm still a kid at heart energy, and it somehow works. Um, so obviously, I mean, the only thing I wrote for him was just, duh. I mean, like, anytime Robin's, Robin Williams is in a movie, 
he's going to be an MVP threat, as obvious, obvious by the fact that he has been an MVP on the show three times previously. Now, I do also have on my list two people that I'm willing to discuss if you have any you know serious considerations for. One would be Bonnie Hunt. I think, I think Bonnie Hunt's really, really good in this. You don't really have an actress like Bonnie Hunt anymore. Like, if you think about Bonnie Hunt in that... In the 90s, and even like the early 2000s... She was like, by the dozen. She was in everything. She was like the go-to mom or like motherly character in like Beethoven and Cheaper by the Dozen. Um, but then she... And also all the voice work she did for Pixar with Cars and Zootopia and Toy Story and Bugs Life. But then also she could knock out like The Green Mile or she could knock out fucking Rain Man or Jerry Maguire. And it's just like she was also a big sitcom actress. Like, she's great. She's so good in this. Um, I want to give her her flowers. The other person uh, I've always liked is the guy that plays the dad in Van Pelt, Jonathan Hyde. He's like one of those guys that was like, oh yeah, we need like a British guy who can be kind of charismatic and mean in movies. And it was like him and like David Warner uh, and like Rupert Everett and like a couple other ones. And every time I see him in something, I'm like, Fuck yeah. You know, give me Richie Rich. Give me Titanic. He, yeah, give me, I was going to say, it's like he was, we just watched give Titanic. Give me Anaconda. Yeah. <laughs> we just watched Titanic on TV. Yeah, he's dope. He's, yeah. Um, But ultimately. I agree. It's Robin Williams, right? I feel like it has to be. Well, do, do you feel strongly any other way? I think, I think, Um, I mean, I think he's the most constant in the movie. He has the most to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's, like, that doesn't I don't, equate nobody, value. Nobody else could do it. Right. Anyone it, else could have done the role of Sarah. While Bonnie Hunt was great, it could have been any actress because it wasn't a, just like a lot of these 90s movies, it, it, the thing that it sells, wasn't any, um, there wasn't consequence to yeah. her not, you know, being that. The thing that person. sells me Robin Williams' MVP is from the moment he exits the game until he shaves. Like, that, I mean, even after that, like, he variously has some some great, like, PTSD, mm-hmm. trying to reacclimate with the real world, mm-hmm. but, like, like his kid-like bewilderment and excitement and then tragedy all in, like, a five to ten minute stretch. Yeah. Like, that's that's what Robin Williams is basically built on, and that's what the movie needs. Yeah. And that's what he carries, and, and, so. and he also has really good chemistry with everyone. Oh, absolutely. Like, the scene, like, in the cop car with him and David Allen Greer, and yeah. he's like, Carl, like... Yeah, soul man. Me, yeah. Alan. Like, it, it, it's just, his deliveries are, are on point. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think anyone else could have done that role. So it's his fourth MVP that ties him with Samuel Jackson, Ryan Gosling, and James McAvoy in the all-time list. Uh, those men are only behind with five, Bill Murray and Hugh Jackman, and still our clubhouse leader with six, Tom Hanks. LVP. I also have a little list. It is all from the first 15 minutes of the movie, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah, mine are, are absolutely going to be from that first half, because I think the the characters of substance in the second part 
all, I think, do a great job. I'm, I didn't put Kirsten the Dunst on my MVP list. are great. But Kirsten Dunst, I think, is probably on the Mount Rushmore of kid actors. Absolutely. Both in terms of post-career and mid-career, where, like, she was doing scenes with, like, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and, like, like stealing it. Um, she's great in this. I like she's Bradley Pierce as she's well. Great. I, and, and I think that they work really well off yeah. of each other. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind the aunt. Baby Newworth? Yeah. I thought... It was a really good... Realistic. Realistic portrayal. Struggling, uh-huh, foster, uh-huh. aunts, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I think all of that was very solid. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I would agree from the beginning part of the movie, it would be one of those teenage actors would be one of my... So my... If it's not the kid that says, my God, have mercy on their souls. Uh, I think he has like two or three lines, but the kid who plays Billy Jessup sucks. Fuck Billy Jessup. Fuck you, you know Billy Jessup. Billy Jessup, suck my dick. It would, <laughs> it would have been a good, funny callback if like they basically biff him, <laughs> like nineteen ninety six. Like, hey Billy, can you go fill up the entrees? We're getting a little <laughs> low here on the stuff. Uh, my ultimate vote is the kid who plays young Alan. I think he's a very very bad actor. I hate that kid. And if a better actor, like, there's no co- like it. It's hard to be a child and replicate Robin Williams, but there's it's just kind of soulless and empty and aloof. And I don't, I've never liked it. And in this, like when I actually put my critical hat on and I watched it, I was like, why, why did they get this kid to do this? He's not very <laughs> good at all. So that, that would be my vote. Uh, do you have anybody else? No. Adam Han Bird is the actor. Uh, he uh, oh, fuck this guy. was Little Man Tate. He also, uh, apparently coming up, is going to be the voice of Freddy in the Five Nights at Freddy horror movie. How oh. that happens, I have no idea, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, so he, he would be my vote. And that's who we're going with. So Adam Han Bird is the, uh, the LVP for Jumanji. Uh, shall we score it so we can move on to, uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle? Uh, what are you giving for Look, this is a classic. I love this movie. Um, sure, it has its flaws, but I think overall it is just fantastic. Um, it got a lot of sentimental Mm value, you know, value to me as well. Um, I've been waffling here between two scores, so I think I'm gonna go with. I have like a three score range. Yeah, so I'm going. I'm I'm gonna give this movie a nine. I'm giving this movie an eight and a half. Yeah. Um, because I because that was what was in the middle. I was between an eight and a nine. The reason I'm still on eight and a half is the first fifteen minutes of the movie really does bother me. Um, and it's a. A deeper movie than people probably think and remember. I agree. Uh, that holds up both from a storytelling and an acting and the CGI aspect. But it's, and this is probably a bigger critique of the second and third movie, it's ultimately kind of disposable. Like, it's it's great. Don't get me wrong, I can watch it all day. But it's not this, like, all-time valued kid movie. But an eight and a half is still, I, it's I a would, great, excellent movie. I would disagree with that statement, though, Chris. You know, I would you know what I mean. that statement. I think that, while it may not have been lauded by the critics and stuff like that, it has become, like, one of those cult classics. If you ask anybody 
our age or, or in our yeah. generation. You know, one of the most classic movies that they watched as a kid. And then even still to this day watch, it would be this movie would be on there. People, I mean, we quote this movie a lot. We do? I do. <laughs> no, we do. It's a stampede! Yeah, because I say that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, an 8.75. It's on the same length, basically, as Liar Liar, which I think is perfect for those movies okay. from my late elementary school days that I just love that were very influential to me. So that, Yeah, that no, works. I think that's a good score, and this also has 37 swerves in it. Making it, so far, the highest swerved movie of the year. Good, I was so worried. Um, so you take that, and then we jump 20 years. It's insane to me that it took 20 years for a sequel to this. It's not, so like, it did well, but it didn't do, like, that well to warrant, and it was a different era where, like, we didn't just churn out sequels to anything right away. That's a good point. Um... The fact that it had to come after Rob Williams passed is kind of a bitter pill. Um, I do like the movie does, you know, give the wink and the nod with the Alan Pat Parrish was here, carve out of the um, uh, the shelter that Seaplane has in the movie. Um, that's enough for me. Same thing like in the second movie, the the Easter egg or the reveal that it's uh, Baby Newworth's character who owns the diner. Spoiler. That, well, we're gonna fucking talk and about that, it. But I also did like as well, like the main the main antagonist in the second movie, the Welcome to the Jungle, is Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Yeah. Potentially same character. character. Sadly, different actor, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um. I'm sure we will. Yeah. One of your favorites, but like to start. Completely different movie. Like, it is completely different in concept, but it's also, I think that they updated it really well. They made they, they made the right choices, the right I choices, think, at every step I think on the right way to modernize it. it. Exactly. I think they updated it really well, transforming it into a video game just mm-hmm. because of the popularity of them and, you know... The relatability from a even our generation making it more relatable and transforming uh-huh. it, putting them in the world instead of the world coming into ours. Right, having multiple characters, multiple characters, multiple. You're still having four players essentially, like right? The, the, but, but but having four totally different personalities, personalities. and everything. And the 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 um the dual. Personalities too, because you have the person and then their avatar. Right, and you have well. yeah, and you so have the like, actors having to act yes, as as the their other, teenage selves. Yes, even though I looked it up, the guy that plays Fridge is like thirty eight years old. Hey, <laughs> He's like baby. older than us. Hey <laughs> I was, baby. I mean, granted, like I, I don't know at this point, like Alex Wolf, I think has been a teenager for ten years and somehow has it in his contract that he has to be in a movie around epipens or some kind of illness or disease. Um. But uh <laughs> You're such an asshole. You did not need to do that. Yes, I did. Uh, Why? Because I had to, because I, I addressed it. It's, it's funny to me. Um Yeah, this this is one of the most of the past ten years just perfect popcorn movies. It's Absolutely. just it's it's not taking itself seriously. It's fun, it gets right into it. 
the going is good, it's a good idea, everyone's, ha- everyone's doing good work, everyone's having fun. There's so many swerves. How many e- is this one? Just every- give me a number. Everybody, it, like, it just swerves right from the beginning. This one actually, lowest on the swervometer, 27 of them. Real swerve heavy, you know, yeah. in, the, in the beginning part. Just looking at my notes, I, I wrote the word good just so many times. Like, it's a good it, idea. It Everyone is. plays their, well, their part so well. It's mindless good fun. The penis scene is unnecessary but good. The snake scene is good. The cake scene is good. Just good, 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 yeah, good, yeah, yeah. good. No, it, 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 and the acting is good. Yes. The, Overall. Everybody is good. Everyone, the four main actors and the four main characters, all absolutely kill it. They're all four written on my MVP list. It's going to be one of the four of them. I know which. I know which one I'm going to. to, You know which one I'm going to go with, but. um, But we'll get there in in a few minutes. But and I just love the reactions that it just all feels super authentic. It's like they're in this bizarre reality that they got sucked into a video game and they're now like these avatars everything and their reactions and just the the script like the writing Mm -hmm. is just so authentic feeling it's like yeah yeah that's exactly what i would say if that was me we're 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 the top two feet of my body like they all yeah. embody. They embody so well what they're given mm-hmm. incredibly well, and it's also good that they. I mean, the Breakfast Club formula essentially yes. ain't broke of four different people that all come together, come together. and learn better thing and learn how to become better people in an extreme situation. That's going to fucking work. Like, yeah, they they build this movie has the complete opposite problem as the first one does of. Like those first 10, 15 minutes of building the characters. This one's great. It's still a little hack. It's still a little hacking. It's still a little, um, you know, on the nose. Yeah, but and I think it makes pristine, up. I think it makes but, up for it in some parts, like when they become their avatars and they hit the thing and you see their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Like I think it makes up for it in that because that's an easy way to translate it. And then you also play off of some of those things. Um, and that carries through to the next film. Um yeah, I just think it's uh Yeah, I think it's a great follow-up. I there were so many things that um I liked that kind of carried over like the way that time works in Here, Jumanji and Here's an interesting question. It's basically unanswerable. Well, let's I'm going to pitch this. Let's say this movie came out first. Ah. Interesting. Or let's say you just saw this one first. Because How- well, I'm just saying, look, for whatever reason, let's just say you never saw the first Jumanji. They don't have a movie this podcast? One, and back. Well, well, just humor me here. How strong are, like, the member berries of... Say again? So, it, member berries is a concept that, like, South Park created, where essentially nostalgia being a negative thing. And just basically being like, oh, but, like, remember, like, this and how much better it was? And not just appreciating what we have and being in the moment of... You know, the entertainment or, you know, what have you. Called member berries. Like, the second one, I I think the CGI obviously is advanced where the second one looks great. I wouldn't say it looks significantly better than the first one. I would say there's moments in the third one that look worse than the first one, to be perfectly honest. Because the the third one, the biggest problem we'll get to here in a few minutes is that I feel like it's incredibly rushed. 
because the the second one did like four hundred million dollars and had one of the better uh, leggy box office performances of the past ten years of a Look, movie. It's a came, great movie. It, it to came watch. out around the holidays. It was the perfect movie to do that because. Families. Our age group can then take their kids to the yeah. movies the and everyone aspect, can have a fun it's time. It's got humor. It's got and action. It's a, and it was good. And so it was the word good. of mouth was strong. Exactly. So because of that, they're like, oh shit, we gotta do a second movie. And they churn that bitch out in two, three years that it just, it, it felt like a little bit more, less organic than this movie was. The other thing with this movie is it just, we didn't need it. And when those things aren't needed, a lot of times they just are... Holistically better. Fine at best. Yeah, but they're holistically better. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious, like, if you were, if somebody were to watch this first, if it would be better. Because I think, honestly, at the end of the day, this might be a better movie than Jumanji. I just don't like it as much as the first one. Because the first one, I can remember sitting in front of my heater in, a, in, a, in my house in Ohio and watching and enjoying and. I remember the first time I saw Jumanji on the shelves when we bought it 15 years ago. And I was like, this is great. And we played it and it sucked. Um, you know, like, it's it's different. And that's unfortunate because I think, honestly, at the end of the day, you could consider this to be the superior film. Because of how committed the four lead characters are to what they're doing. And their deals. I mean... Taking The Rock and making him a neurotic nerd. Taking Kevin Hart and making him a jock. Taking Karen Gillan and making her like this, you know, not sure about herself, you know, tween. And then making Jack Black a stuck up prissy blonde girl. Selfish, self-centered, yeah. Like there were people, let's just get, I think, I think the best thing to do is just get into MVP and MVP and, and have the arguments now. Uh... If I had to pick one person from this movie... It's really, really it's, difficult. It's incredibly difficult. You can make an argument for all four of them. I will just say right now, from the second movie and the third movie, the person I'm not going to discuss that of the four is Karen Gillan. She's fantastic. Add her to my list. Um, as this. Not as Nebula. <laughs> I was going uh, <laughs> to say. Yeah, as this. Um, and she's great, but she almost has to be like the Costello. She's she the straight to, man. But she, Absolutely. She does have plenty of funny moments. Like Absolutely, but her she's learning, more so the straight Yeah, her learning to and, be, you know, uh, using her feminine ways and, you know, the walk and the look and the, and the dance fighting stuff. Um, and then her and the rock, like, not being able to make out with her, like, all very, very funny stuff. But the other three are, are just, unfortunately, given more to do and they're better. If I had to pick for this movie which one of the three I'm going for, my answer every single time is Jack Black. It's Kevin Hart. It's Jack Black. It's Kevin Hart. It's Jack it's Black. It's Kevin Hart. I will give you Kevin Hart for the next movie. No arguments. 100% he's the MVP of the next level. I think he's actually fantastic in the third one. Um, he's so good in that. We'll he's fantastic. We'll okay, in this one, I agree. I think Jack Black does such a great Jack Black job. should have been nominated for an Oscar in this movie. It's, honestly. It's a huge swerve. You forget. It's a huge swerve. You we have momentum and you have to kill it with your I'm not nonsense. It's a huge swerve. And. I think you don't know the definition of swerve as much as you know the definition of MacGuffin. Yeah, you know what the MacGuffin of this movie was? What? I'd love to hear it. Alex the pilot. No, that's not. You, oh. 
All right. I'm settling this right now. So we have this game bet going on, right? The, at the end of this year, for our game thing, whoever wins, the person that wins gets to pick a film franchise we watch. We're going to do this again in 2024. And if I win it in 2024, you cannot say the word Swerve and MacGuffin on this podcast ever again. Then we're not going to just do the podcast again. Come up with come up with equal stakes back at me. You can never do an impression of someone again. Shake my hand. On right or now. off the show. Shake <laughs> oh, that's cruel. <laughs> but shake my hand. Fine. No. Fine. I would never do that to Jillian. Fine. You make her belly laugh when you do your stupid impressions. Yeah, I'm a hilarious person. No. And you don't make anybody laugh with swords and MacGuffins, so either yes, stop them or or ruin your daughter's I life. I made you I made you laugh the other the other day with a swerve. I said a swerve cracked you up. What was it? Let exactly. It really stood out. I gotta pull my nose. Shake my hand right now. No. I don't want to touch Do it you. do impressions on the show at least. I don't That's want, not fair to Jillian. I don't wanna touch you at all. Then verbally agree to it. No. Chicken pussy ass fucking bitch. <laughs> Jack Jack Black is so good in this movie that I forget halfway through that it's not just a teenage girl. <laughs> like he gives it his all. Like a hundred and ten percent. That is such a like honestly. He's the third wheel in this movie, basically. There's no reason he needs to go as hard as he goes. And in then this with movie. the whole like with the map and all like just the commentary. And he also displays some amazing heart once heart. you get Nick Jonas into the mix. Exactly. And he has to basically be this like love lost girl. And, and turn and turn from like self centered, self absorbed, selfish yeah. to like no, like I'll give my life, you know, like, like I'll that, give my extra life. Like that for, scene, him giving his extra life. And that CPR scene, like, it's a great it's a gr- scene. It's a great scene. He does it such a good a job with it. Just like scene. him teaching Oh yeah. How, her how to be like a pretty girl. Like that whole stretch is great in how he reacts to it. Kevin Hart is laugh out loud funniest in this. He's my so, argument so for him in this one versus the sec- the third one He's just being Kevin Hart in this movie. Yeah, but you know what? When you're when you're Kevin Hart, you don't need to be anybody else. You do. You know you don't. Because you don't need to. If I in this movie, if I had to make Hart a list, so I funny. would have him third on my list. You're I would have dumb. I would have The Rock second for this movie because I think this actually might be his best performance in a movie because he's pushed beyond just being The Rock. Yes. He can still be the rock, but he has to be like a flawed rock, and that's the best rock. And he embodies the Spencer aspect of it so well while being able to smolder at the drop of a hat and still be like this big badass. And his chemistry with Kevin Hart, as we've seen in other movies, they're fantastic. They're they're fantastic. fantastic. But they have each other to play off of, and Kevin Hart. As Fridge gets to just be himself, and that's that. Of course, he's going to be great at that. Jack Black has to be a fucking fifteen-year-old girl. Okay, I, you swayed me. I appreciate that. I will go ahead and say right now that I was. I knew this was going to happen, and even not me just placating you, I am easily convinced that Kevin Hart is the MVP for the third one. Oh, we'll get but there because we'll, I want to we'll, talk about. We'll him tackle it. Later. I have a couple other candidates, but I think. I think it's him without question in the third movie. So we're going to make Jack Black the MVP of the third one, of the, of the second one. 
if I'm not mistaken, I actually think that's his first MVP. Yes, because he was the LVP of Tropic Thunder. So he's going to join the both MVP and LVP list. Yes, that is correct. I have confirmed, and that it has happened. So congratulations to Jack Black for getting on that weird list. Uh, before we get into LVP, there were a couple... I, we didn't necessarily talk about... I guess it'll blend into what we did not like about the movie LVP. But... Um, my biggest complaint about the movie, for this one and the third one, third act problems, it just becomes any other modern action movie, Marvel. Like, it's just a bunch of setups without any drama to it as to what the, the reaction, or what the uh, result and the climax really is. Yeah. It's just action piece to action piece to action piece. It just gets boring. It's standard... You know, especially the third one, because the third one, they each have, like, one life with, like, 40 minutes to go. And it kind of kills any of, like, the drama. Not that I'm ever expecting Jumanji to fucking kill anybody off, but in this one, because of how different things are from the first one, you honestly don't know. Right, you don't know. And they almost did kill somebody off, so you're like, oh, it could be on the table. Um, the epilogue stuff doesn't hit as well as... Yeah, but that could just be a, an acting thing. I'm not sure you're going with here, but... For the epilogue? When they go and, and they, uh, visit the freak house? Oh, you're not gonna shit on Colin Hanks, are you? I like Colin Hanks in this. It is weird that we're at the age now where Colin Hanks is old enough to be a dad, yeah, but, yeah, I think that might be what my problem is. I think that's what is. it is. Also, it doesn't help that in this one, and even worse, the third one, it's like, yo, is Colin Hanks trying to bang this yeah, teenager? Yeah, this 15-year-old teenager? Well, she's not, I think they're 17. Not that, that, that doesn't is, make it any better. No, I'm saying, in the, in the second one, absolutely. But in the third one, like, she's at college now, so like, yeah, I mean, he could. I but mean, he's, he's got a wife and kids. Children. Tim Matheson's his dad, but you know. Um... Yeah, it is very weird in the third where, like, she shows up and it's like, oh, your name's Bethany? And they look at each other and they're like, oh, damn, we still going fuck? It's like, no, I'm, like, 48 years old now. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, I the twist of, we alluded to earlier, the game resetting but not resetting the real life and he was able to live a happy life. Their life didn't change. It's good. It's it's fine. It's It's a necessary update for, you know, how we tell stories and whatnot. Um, I also like how you get to see the person still in the game realizing that they've been gone for like 20 years. Oh, yeah, that reaction because time passes slow. He's like, oh, it's only been like two months. Yeah, that, no, re- man, that reaction to me is what saved... Nick Jonas is still on like my short LVP list for this movie. I don't he's, think he did enough. I, I don't think he... He's not bad. He's just an unnecessary addition to how good the other four are in the movie. But the thing that saves it for me is how he kind of plays... At first, like dropping... The vernacular and being oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of passe, and then later on, or like very soon afterwards, them t- dropping the news to him and him reacting to it. I think that was was very well done. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. I yeah. I I really just I really like 
a lot of the different angles that they took with this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think part of the problem is also like, I don't know, I feel like when you inserted Nick Jonas into like the Karen Gillum, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, The Rock mm-hmm. dynamic, like it kind of made sense. Like he, it, it wasn't a hundred percent mesh obviously, but it, yeah. it didn't, it was, it didn't stand out like a sore thumb the way I feel like the, the kid foursome mm-hmm. with like Colin Hanks yeah. felt like gotcha. it just, and it could be like an age difference or something like that, is. but yeah. it just didn't mesh as well, I sure. think. So maybe that's why, you know, I had a problem with him, him overall. For the epilogue, but... Because the OVP of this movie, to me, is, is blatantly obvious. It's Bobby Cannavale. What do you mean? I thought you loved Bobby Cannavale. I don't see how this fucking Goomba keeps getting work. Christopher! Uh, what? That's fine! Look at him and listen to him! That's what he is! He's just... Everything I've ever seen him in... First of all, he's such a step down from the other Van Pelt and Jonathan Hine. He's trying to do this, like weird, damaged, like, gothy guy with, like, scorpions fucking hanging out of his ears. <laughs> and he's just so unnatural. Just from stand, just from the look on his face. He doesn't put the right... He has this, like, kind of scowl and his eyes gone. And he's just, like... Looks like he's just sleepy. And then he, like, delivers these lines. I honestly think that the villain in both movies are piss poor and were meant to have bigger parts and bigger roles, and they're like, oh, well, this guy's just not giving performance. So let's just add more shit of the four people that are having fun and actually well, he portraying their characters well. Together. He must be doing something right. What? Bobby Cannavale. He's a big schlong. That's all you need to do. I just, I, I don't like him, and I think he's always bad in whatever he's in. Um, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. So if you so if you have another LVP, I'd love to hear it because I think he's the definition of he adds no value to this movie, and the movie would be better with a stronger antagonist. Whereas Colin Hanks has three lines. You're like, oh, good for Colin Hanks. He's back and doing 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 life. I guess that's a fair analysis. Perfect. I'll do, uh, whatever I'll. I you know do. what? You go, Missy Pyle. You keep getting them checks, girlfriend. <laughs> like two lines. You keep getting them checks. Same thing with um. I don't know the actor's name. I should know it. He's uh. I know him forever as uh, Lieutenant Holt's husband, Kevin from Brooklyn Nine Nine. You keep getting them checks, Kevin. <laughs> He's always great. He's, He's, He's always fantastic. great. He's always great. Uh, but Bobby Cannavale is the LVP of this movie. Um, that is his second LVP. I thought he already had a second one, but I forget what you convinced me to do for Sing Two instead. So don't worry, Bobby Cannavale. I'm coming for you. I'm going to make sure you're the first two, three-time LVP. Because we still only have two-time, multi-time LVPs on this show. Oh, really? The first three, I mean, yeah. We, I mean, we got a banner list of people that could make it three. But I'm telling you, if it's not Bobby Cannavale, I've done something wrong. So, um, Got like a vendetta. This is worse than my Tara Reid vendetta I had earlier in the, in the <laughs> podcast. It very much is. That's a that's a good analogy for it. Uh, she only has one LVP. I don't think she has an an NLVP. Yeah, Bobby Cannavale's got two. No, Tara Reid should have it for Josie and the Pussycats. Or was that pa- Parker Posey? It was Parker Posey, and she got the should have been LVP. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. 
We don't watch too many Tara Reid movies. Because well, why would we? I'm going on Amazon right now. Um, You're just punishing yourself. It's true. It's like when we watch Stacked. Uh, one God person damn. I did mention who I just like, like seeing and thing that wish was more, Reese Darby. Reese Darby's hilarious and is the perfect person to be the, the, the NPC. NPC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, overall, and also like the music. Obviously, this the, this movie is titled Welcome to the Jungle. It's a modern movie, it so would, it has to put has to like actual songs in it. Yeah. But the use of Welcome to the Jungle and then Baby I Like the Way, which is both re, they're both reused. And the second one, you probably heard one at the beginning, one at the end. Yeah, if you're gonna use songs, those those are the those songs are the songs. Those are it exactly. Yeah, they work. Exactly. Um, you score first. I do. Yes. Uh, this is. A hard one because I I made the the case earlier that I think you consider this a movie on par or possibly even better than the first one. That being said, the first one, on top of its nostalgia, has a little bit more of this like unpolished charm to it because it just came from a different time. Whereas this. This feels like The Rock was given 50 scripts and was just like, hmm, oh, a Jumanji movie. That'll make money. Let's do that, you know? And we can get my friends to do it. It'll be fine. Uh, I'm also taking a half point out because I was really scared that Jones going to be like, why is, why, is, why is Bethany so impressed with going to the bathroom? <laughs> the whole... She understands the concept of penises and vaginas. Don't say... Okay, thank you for adding... She understands what penis is. I'm like, no, no, she doesn't. She she does. She knows what the private parts of your body are called. She knows the atomically correct terms. She knows that boys have penises and girls have vaginas. She, she knows those things. Okay. You can stop saying it now. Uh... I'm going to give the movie an 8. It's very fun, very entertaining, a lot of good scenes. We, we kind of glazed over some of the stuff, but the snake scene is great. Anytime. Oh, yes, the snake uh, scene. Kevin Hart heating cake is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Any, any, is... any death scene and then them the, coming back. All the back death scenes are great. Are so well done and so earned. I Even agree. when, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name when Kevin Hart kills The Rock by pushing him and all that stuff. It all worked. It's all good. I'm giving it an eight. I'm also gonna give this movie an eight. Um, but yeah, it's just great. And then whenever you're reminded that they're actually just like these high school kids, like towards the end, there's there's one thing where someone's talking about like we always only have one life. Am I quoting the principal? We gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it just has it like you know, reminds you, like, whenever you think you're going to forget, like, it reminds you, like, the, um, the roots of the movie and everything. So I'm also going to give this movie an eight. I think it, it was just a fun watch. We laughed out loud. I could watch it again. That, that, this was only the second time seeing this movie, by the way. Correct. Um, I, I could absolutely watch it again. I enjoyed it, I think, just as much as I did, if not more than seeing it in theaters when we saw it in theaters. Yep. Um, it's just yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun, and I appreciate movies that are a lot of fun. Agreed. Jumanji: The Next Level. This was the first time we had seen this yes, movie. Yes, we had not seen this movie. The third one. Jillian, at that point, we saw the first one in theaters. I think on a date night, much later into the run. I think I think it was already like 
Just like to one or two theaters, maybe? Well, what I meant, no, even further than that, because like I said the movie had legs. It came out around like the Thanksgiving Christmas time uh, when Jillian was like obviously too young to go to it. So like I think we had a date night or, or she was in school and we had like an off day from work or something. We were able to go see it and it was like three or four months afterwards. But we were just like, everyone says this movie's great, so let's catch it. This came out when Jillian was old enough to go to movies, but not necessarily this, this movie. movie. Yeah, and we just were too busy to get anybody to watch her. To and I think we also had some trepidation about the sequel to the sequel. You know, yeah, we, we, we've the seen... rose, the bloom coming off the rose. Exactly. So, so you know, I think we had also some trepidation about that. So we're like, oh, we'll catch it when it comes out on video, and we just haven't been able to because of everything else, right? Yeah. Um. But I'll tell you what, I didn't mind this movie at I did, all. I didn't mind it. It is definitely the worst of the three. I still think it's fine. I think it's still fun. It it's re- still definitely fun. It a lot of what I like about the series as a whole. I'm glad that they brought all the same kids back. It's, you know... It's not like it's another 20 years later or anything like that. Like, it's, like, just a continuation. They introduce a few new characters. Um, it's got big sequelitis to me. I don't it's, know if it's got... It's got some diminishing returns upon, essentially, the same jokes we just ran with. Yeah, I, I think in some ways... But and they I think aren't some, as good as they were the first I think in time. some ways it also... Adds to it and and adds layers to it with some of the other like playable characters that are unlocked. Um, sure. That, that they, you know, the avatars that are chosen and some of those things and the way that the introduction of some of these other characters are handled. I, I think that it does a great job with that. I, I would say it still does a, a fine to good job. I don't think there's a lot of great in this movie outside of a couple of the performances. Um, the opening is pretty droll and long to me about trying to set everything up about how he wants to go back and the movie has to do a little bit of strong work you know getting the DeVito and Danny Glover part of it in which is a really inspired choice Um, super inspired but it's inspired almost almost to a detriment and I think because of what, and I already gave him his flowers, but Kevin Hart does as the character inside of Jumanji helps a lot to bring that relationship and that specific character value. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I, this movie just feels rushed to me. The story gets a little bit too extensive, and I was worried, like, oh boy, we're going to get like some Jumanji lore here, and I don't care. And you don't, but then, like, I d- kind of don't understand what's happening like I did in the first two with, the, you know, the point of the game. Um, like, this Jurgen, the Jorgensen guy, and, you know, some of the other characters and some of the other, like, devices that they they do. It just gets to be, like, this is the third time we're doing this. What can we add? And then they didn't edit anything else. They had a bunch of ad stuff. Plus, it feels rushed and looks rushed. There's a few moments where the CGI is bad. And I hate that in a modern movie because there's no, no reason. There's no reason. There's no fucking point beyond the fact that we have a date to hit. 
people won't care. Do it. And that drives me nuts. Um, But I will say, once Aquafina gets in the movie, and she's on my MVP list, she's not going to be my MVP, she gives the movie a good boost and a good energy. Yeah. And it does things kind of like the second movie that I'm like, okay, good, that was pretty fun. The mandrel scene is is pretty nuts. The mandrel scene is so intense. Again, it still doesn't look the best, but it's still... But I would be scared out of my goddamn mind. Oh, I don't want to fuck with no fucking mandrels. I ain't afraid of no mandrels. I'll never never tell a joke like that on the show ever again. First it swerves and McGuffin shake my hand. No. I'm going to come no, up I with like something you, that's annoying enough. I like you making a fool of yourself. I'm 16 years going strong. Well, 36 years going strong, but you know. Uh, and everyone getting going back to quote-unquote normal, like their original characters for the climax of the movie, which is still final act problems. Um, but it was needed and it was good because to me, the shelf life of all those characters doing their new deal was shorter than Absolutely. their characters of the first one. Absolutely. Um, and it was also good to see the differences and how good some people are being certain people and how some others aren't, uh, which we'll get into when we get into MVP and LVP. But uh, the ostrich stuff is funny. The um, ostrich stuff was hilarious. I'm terrified of ostriches. And, you know, they always have like... The on like those funniest videos or whatever, it's always like, like the news people, reporters. Yeah. yeah, they're pecking people. Like they're fucking mean. Yeah. So just just to be clear, so Spencer, at the end of Jumanji two, they smash a bowling ball in the game in the console. Yes. And he just goes back and like retrieves it. Retrieves it. Just just in case. Just in case. Just in case he ever feels so disconnected. From the characteristics of this avatar. Which is also fucking telegraphed because in the second movie, he has a moment of hesitation where he's like, what if we stay? And it's like, we've already kind of been here and addressed this. Yeah, but then it's like, but now I went back. (laughs) Great A analysis of Samantha's deteriorating before my eyes in terms of trying to stay awake and talking. Oh, no. This is what happens when Samantha tries to talk to me for more than an hour and a half. Um, but yes. And you worked from home today, so I had to talk to you a lot. I know. It's miserable. At my cat. It's horrible. Uh, but yeah, the, really, the, the first half of the movie is a lot of rehash and a lot of, okay, yeah, it's fine, but like we've done this. We've been here before. And then the second half of the movie is, okay, we've been here and done this before, but now Bethany's a horse. And yeah, now, and that, now that's that horse, what I meant. Like, now that horse is a Pegasus. Like and now them introducing the horse. Aquafina is... That was a swerve. You did not think it was going to come. You did not think the horse is going to be a playable character. That is going to be Bethany. And that... And that... Danny Glover becomes a horse. Danny Glover becomes a horse. And that... Um, the zoologist is also a linguist and can talk to all of the. Oh yeah, Doctor Doolittle's it. Absolutely. Um, so just like that stuff, and and Aquafina doing a a picture perfect Danny DeVito impression 
and The Rock figuring out that he can beat up people and leaving like 46 people waiting. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, that was all, a great scene too. All those little changes are much better than we're in the game again and haha, they're different people. And because a lot of that stuff sans Kevin Hart as Danny Glover, which actually was probably the best impression on film I think I've ever it seen. It was so amazing. I'm going to go ahead and write him down. He... I just think it was handled so well. The the cadence and the pacing and... The delivery, the all delivery, of it. Everything worked so well. And you immediately knew when he was Milo and when he was Fridge. Like, you know, you just knew. You got it. He does such a great job. He still maintains... As much, if not more, humor than in the first one. Kevin Hart gets a lot of shit for being Kevin Hart. Right. And and I get that. This is his third MVP on the show. I will I will add. I will he say. He is. When you're that good at the one thing. Like, why would you do something different? Absolutely. Like, why? And then... My theory on that for that is always if you're that good at that one thing, odds are you're good at other stuff too. And then when you stretch those wings, it's even more impressive. So here, him not just being even funnier pretending to be Denny Glover than he is being himself, but also having those like introspective moments and being able to generate, you know, emotion and sympathy. As he's trying to reconcile with his like long lost friend in the middle of this yeah. like, crazy circumstances, he does a bang up job at it. He does, and then it's also he just does the bang up job at like the throwaway line. Like you think that they're throwaway lines, but they're timed so perfectly. It's like, huh? So my life alert. I gotta take my pill. Like it's just so <laughs> funny. <laughs> that moment is very funny with. Somebody dies and like the ding goes off. That's my life alert. I gotta take my pill. Yeah, it's just it's just so. He owns. Great. He, he owns, owns it. Movie. He really he owns that character. He owns the movie. He just really brings it. Um, and just everything like, oh, that is an ostrich. Did you know they have <laughs> three stomachs? His long drawn out explanations when, of things. When even just his body language and his facial expressions. Yes, it's like it's, as as equal as Jack Black doing Bethany. Bethany in yes, the second movie. Absolutely. Kevin Hart channels Danny Glover in the third one. So he's my MVP without question. He is absolutely hysterical in this. My if I had to make a list of two and three, number two would be Aquafina. Number three would be Danny DeVito himself because Danny DeVito is so good per- in this. Particularly the last five to ten minutes of the movie when he has like the little speech dispenser about getting old and playing games and yeah. his conversation with Nora, the aunt from the first movie, who's the person that ended up buying her Full circle. So is is the mo- is this supposed to take place in the same yes, city? In the same town. I don't I just didn't remember the name of the town from the first one. Yes. I did not realize it was the same place. Yes. Make- New so, Hampshire. So how did the game get back there? Why are you trying to find out the lore? Well, I'm not saying trying to find the lore, but like, they, so they they do establish that. So in the first movie, those fucking colonial kids bury it under something, and then 
they Alan and um, Sarah throw the game off like a bridge, and it winds up in like somewhere in Asia, right? Right, but we don't see what happens with that. Okay, it could make its way back. Okay, just 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 just, just point it out. Just saying. Um, yes, it's the same town. But so him talking to her and giving her the smolder. And, you know, whatnot. It's Danny DeVito. He's great. He's a little bit too long in the tooth at fr- at the front end of the movie, trying to establish how, like, broken down and decrepit sure. and small that he is. Sure. But, you know, I, I give him I give him some, some, some rope with that. Uh, LVP of this movie. I have two. I'm interested to see who you would say. I forgot to mention that one of my favorite parts of this movie at the end is how traumatized Fridge is that he won't eat cake in real life. Oh, <laughs> the running cake bit. Yeah, the running funny. cake bit is really funny. I really loved it. And I just, I thought, you know, in, in the middle of the movie, there's someone who's like offers in the game, offers like this big cake and, and Kevin Hart's like, no! And like freaks out, yeah. throws it up. But Fridge just just won't eat it. Just won't eat it. Just Doesn't want to blow up. Yeah. Um. So LVP. Um. I don't know. I think everybody did did a decent job. I think that the kids weren't in it near, except for Bethany. weren't in it as much as. Right, and it's only really previous. an extra scene, scene and a half. Yeah. Uh. So I have two. The first one. Is the Rock because his New Jersey accent, his Devito impression is a Devon, a, a Denoto. It is Devito. He should have vetoed. It. I don't know. I'm so tired. You have expired your use. I have died. We're almost done. You are in Jumanji right now. I am. And I would like to just stop talking. Wear the backpack. Just, just stop. <laughs> what did I even say? I want to be the backpack man. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, when we talked <laughs> to Jillian earlier today about who is who in Jumanji, obviously she's Ruby Roundhouse, and uh, you are Fridge. I'm, I'm the backpack. Like, no, I'm the s- backpack guy. Yeah. Am I Smolder or am I? Uh, and she didn't know the name. She goes, "You're the fat guy with the map." I'm you're like, you're, you're the fat map guy. Fat map guy. Fat and she's map. always calling me Hong Kong boy <laughs> for no reason at all. Why? <laughs> uh, she does, and it gets you so mad. Why does it get you so mad? I don't want to be... Who wants to be Hong Kong boy? Okay, I get it. Uh, the Rock is very much on one in this, of like, at this point, no one's telling him no. And it's it's distracting, and it's jarring, and I cannot wait until it's done. And then they give it to Aquafina, and her doing it, doesn't help his cause because she's so good at it and he's so bad. Now once he That's gets back point. to being Spencer, point. he's fine. But it's it's honestly I think one of my biggest problems with the first half of the movie. My other nominee is going to be the guy that plays Jurgen the the Magnificent or whatever. Jurgen the Gurgen. Uh, hold on, I have it here. He was in Game of Thrones. Uh, Jurgen the Brutal. It's just another lame duck. Fucking brooding, giving no fucking fun or effort villain performance um, that ultimately drags the movie down again. Uh, that guy is, oh yeah, he was on Game of Thrones, but also he's Lurch from Hot Fuzz. 
the Yarp guy. <laughs> Yarp. Yarp. Uh, so I'm fine with either one of them. I don't think it's anybody else. Because um, Nick Jonas honestly isn't in it that much. Like you said, all the kids aren't in it that much. Colin Hanks is not. Um, so I, I'm fine with either one of them. So whichever one to use. I think it's Gergen the Bergen. I mean, yeah. Gergen, 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 Gergen. The Rock. It's like the Swedish chef. Jorgen no Gergen. Uh, <laughs> Who? Uh, how, what does he say? Uh, don't make me say it again because that was really good and I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> uh, the Rock is saved by getting to be The Rock again. And sometimes when you're yourself, after showing you how you're not yourself, you know, it, it, it gives you a little bit of charm. So, yeah, we won't make it The Rock. We'll make it uh, Rory McCann instead as Jurgen the Brutal. Jurgen the Bourbon. <laughs> What's his name? Rory McCann is the uh, the actor's name, and the LV bed autocorrected is Dory uh, of Jumanji: The Next Level. Now, there is an, a a mid credit sequence of this where the game has somehow turned itself back on, and now the game is releasing animals into the real world again. So, what a lot of people's theories are for the third movie which apparently isn't production not production but isn't planning stages i mean i don't see how this one didn't do as good as the 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 previous one but it still made you know 250 300 million dollars uh and the rock needs a hit right now why because he didn't change the 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 scope of the the dc universe um if those characters come into the real world and how they interact with things. I'm not as enthused about that because it's just going to be themselves as fish out of water. And I, 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 as an example, I don't see how... The avatars won't be coming. Right, I don't see how Jack Black is just the Shelly character and makes that like, funny well, there's or no, Well, because there's no... There's not really a personality to that. Sure. And I think that that's part of it, right? It's like they're embodying whoever chooses that avatar. Like, yeah. that's the personality. That's the characteristics. So, Obviously, with the strengths and weaknesses so and I the inherent character traits. Yeah. So I don't see what the angle would be of those characters in the real world. And how they, they come. And how they could be flawed in a funny enough way. For it to juxtapose besides just, oh, you're not in a jungle. Like, is Smolder just egotistical and you're not leading the team? Is Shelly, you know, too smart hooty tooty for everybody? Is Ruby Roundhouse, you know, I, I don't know what her deal would be. So I'm interested, but I'm just kind of confused. So we'll see what what inevitably happens. But um, it I would be nice to kind of land the plane on this. Um... I really wish we still had Robin Williams around. Uh, oh my gosh, absolutely. I do, I do think it'd be funny if we could get, you know, we got Nora and we had an Alan, Powell, Alan Parrish reference. I mean, technically, Judy and Peter now would not even know right. conceivably what's happening. A dag, maybe, get some David Allen Greer up in this. But besides that, or Bonnie Hunt, Bonnie Hunt, Bonnie Hunt. Day, uh, it also, I think, is done enough between those two movies. To be on its own too, if it wanted to, like it doesn't have to 
right. make any references. The, the, what they've done has been fine. Anything else beyond that probably is then pandering, and you're going to be on shaky ground. I would, I would of, agree with that. In terms of going to the well once too often and trying to play cute. So, uh, Anything else on Jumanji the next level? Um... Oh, where does uh, I don't care, but where did this uh, rank in terms of Oh, swerves? this actually had the most swerves. Of all three? Of all three. It was at first tied with the first one, mm-hmm. but that mid-credits scene swerved those ostriches running. It put it up to 38. Mm-hmm. Is that the most for the year? It is so far the most for the year. It is the swerviest movie so far. Great. This year... I uh, forgot to mention that Kevin Hart is, I might have mentioned it, but he's now a three-time MVP on the show. So this movie, um, this franchise was kind of a banner one. We got four-time MVP Robin Williams, we got three-time MVP Kevin Hart, now we got Jack Black on the both MVP and LVP list. So And Bobby Cannavale, a multi-time LVP. So Perfect. Just checking, checking boxes off left and right. Do you want to do the next level? Score it for me, Samantha. I mean, look, I, I I enjoyed it. I still laughed out loud of it, at it. I agree that it is probably the weakest of the three, but I don't think that that tampered my enjoyment as much um, as, you know, okay, they're in the desert, and, you know, the different things that were added, so like their strengths and weaknesses and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it, but I, I would agree that it's probably my least favorite of the three, um, but not by much. I'm going to give this movie a seven and a half. I'm going to give this movie a 7. So it'll be a 7.25. Which I think is super fair. Yeah, for Jumanji the next level. Um, yeah, it's it's everything I said. It is a flawed, rushed sequel in modern times that thankfully does enough right to still entertain and still be considered of of quality. It has substance to it. It's not just a cash grab. Yeah. I can I can see the bad version of this movie. I hope it's not the next one. And the care and the the talent involved just wills it not to happen. Yeah. So, I agree. I, I'm fine with that. So Jumanji, 8.75. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, an 8. Jumanji, The Next Level, a 7.25. So literally a .75 change at I, every single level. I think that's super fair. But honestly, in like the scope of this podcast and how many trilogies we've done, how many trilogies have we done besides like Toy Story, which isn't even a trilogy sadly anymore, but how many film franchises have we done where we had three movies all... Above average. It's um the X Men. I think the the new X Men trilogy. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Two of. <laughs> yeah, I mean you'll get two, but normally you have a bad apple. You're the fact right. that there's no bad apple here. You're right. That puts it in some pretty high. It's just because it's a lot of fun, and it's, I think yeah, it's... what you said when we talked about when we started talking about the second movie is like it doesn't take itself serious too seriously it knows what it's trying to do and that's be entertaining keep the spirit alive take it to the next level you know pun intended and just be fun Mm -hmm. and it does those things 100 percent um all right so next week 
we will have um, some scheduling changes because, unfortunately, uh, just life. We're not going to be able to do a guest star show uh, before the month is up. Well, next episode's already June 2nd, so there, there you go there. But um, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead will be next. Then we're going to knock out your nominated movie, The Magdalene Sisters, and then hopefully oh by the middle of June, we'll be able to tackle Sideways with Maddie and Rob. But then after that, it'll be the movie that we pick right now from our can't pick list. So, Samantha, I need you to pull up a random number generator. Pulling up And the... I need a number between one and 109. One and 109. One yes. moment. 109. Okay. It is the number 90. 90. So, it's 99. 98, 97, 96, Oh, God. Let me double check. Hold on. 67, 68, Yep, that's it. Uh, I definitely nominated this movie. Great. Because I, I nominated it at one point where I was like, you know, there's uh, big box office bombs from the summer that I've always been interested in. Because oh, no. the the conversation online has turned into... Is this really that bad? And everything I've ever seen or heard about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, but I've never seen it, so I want to be sure. Uh, the movie is Speed Racer. <laughs> oh, Chris. Uh, Why do we own it? Because it was at a time where I was like, okay, everyone says this actually is probably all right, and I'm curious, and we have it. So Speed Racer. Oh. Will be coming in perfect. It's the summer, you know, box office blockbuster season. Gross. So Speed Racer will be uh, coming your way in like three or four weeks' time. Whenever we get to it. Whenever we get to it. Um, it'll be sooner than later. We'll <laughs> see. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you as always go to arcadeo.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Go to patreon.com slash arcade audio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash married with movies. Married with movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. At Mary W Movies on Twitter. For me, at your host, Mo38 on Instagram. For you, at Jim with your Sam. Also for me, your retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle, is back this week. The first show of 1998, the Royal Rumble. It happened on my 11th birthday. I had a friend over. It's also the 150th. Retro diary entry. I've done 150 wow. of these things. All the stars align. Yeah, and I still have so many more to go. Oh boy. So, uh, so read all about it. New format as well. Hopefully, one that's quicker for me to type. Um, oh boy. Horrible show to do it on because the rumble was pretty constrictive of uh, what I want to do, but well, it all works. So, and be on the lookout. We might have some blank slate drafts coming up in the next few weeks. Also, maybe over the summer we may have a podswoggle or two. So just uh, spoiler. Keep your, keep your nose. Uh, keep keep your keep, keep your, your nose turned to the grindstone. That your means nothing. Buttons subscribed. There you go. That's the way to put it. All right. Well, you fell asleep twenty minutes ago. What? So. I'm still sleeping. For <laughs> so, mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I'd love to see you sucked into a board game right now. I mean, really, at any time, you'd be terrible. No, but... I wouldn't. Because you know the board game I would choose to be sucked into? What? Don't Wake Daddy. And I would be the daddy. <laughs> and I would just be sleeping. 
Well, not all the time. You have to like spring up. And yeah, that, be, I've done that three times in the last twenty minutes. Have you noticed? I want to be sucked into guess who because I just want to meet a couple of those dudes. <laughs> they, so weird. They, they're weirdos. <laughs> I want to meet that Alex guy that got the long hair and the orange mustache. You know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Looks like a fucking freak. <laughs> Jumanji. Cause you're now. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.